So let's pray together and let's take a few minutes to talk about how to keep the drive alive. Our God and Father in heaven, thank you for the many ways you've blessed us. Thank you for uh, just the messages, the conversations, the fellowship, the worship, whatever you do to touch us uh, this past week. We thank you for working in our lives, speaking to us, and helping us to see how we can have the zeal and the fervor that you want us to have for your spirit. And Father, it was such a mountaintop experience. We don't want to let it go. We pray that you would help us practically understand how we can keep our drive alive this morning. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, how to keep your drive alive. You know, one of my good friends who uh, got to be a part of the conference did an amazing job and, and, and really uh, moved so many people. And when he got back home, the devil came after him stronger. So he sent me a text and said, man, I've had a real challenging week. We're facing temptation. I've done okay, but it's like the devil is after me. And I said to him, I wrote back to him, said, I'm, I'm sorry I, I didn't warn you that after a great victory, that's when the devil comes to try to take you down. It's like when Moses went up on Mount Sinai, and he has an amazing experience. I mean, he becomes radiant. I mean, he gets the Ten Commandments. And he comes back down. And what do you know? If it isn't Aaron and a bunch of knuckleheads worshiping a golden cat. And brother comes down from the mountain going, what is going on? And so Joshua's like, this scene. Moses is like, there's something wrong with what they're doing down there. And he goes down there and he has to break that calf into pieces and make people drink it. And of course people die. I mean, they took a mountaintop experience and brought him down to just a real challenging situation. And then of course we know Elijah went up the Mount, Mount Carmel and he kills the 400 plus, uh, you know, prophets of Baal and he's feeling all good. And then he, he comes down from that mountain and what do you know? The whole Jezebel ain't about to try to kill him. And brother man just gets all depressed and starts saying stuff like, I've had enough, uh, I'm ready to die, uh, no, one is, no one is for the Lord except for me. And he's just going through all kinds of struggle after just having a major victory. And so what I want to help us with today is to understand that sometimes after you've had a mountaintop experience, You've got to be on guard because Satan is looking for an open door to bring you back down to where you were before, even take you to a lower place to take away all that you can. We're not going to let that happen. We're determined to not just have thrived over the weekend, but to keep on thriving. And the way you get there, you're not going to like the way that you have to do to get there. But if you listen to me, it will work. It will work. Over in John chapter 12, I think Jesus gives us an answer here. John chapter 12, uh, beginning in verse 23. Says that Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies... It remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. 
The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My, aunt, my father will honor the one who serves me. How do you keep the God alive? But Jesus says here that unless a kernel just falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The way to keep this line alive is to keep on dying. The way to keep thriving is to keep dying. To keep surrendering yourself to God. See, Jesus is glorified through the cross. And though the people were saying, crucify, crucify him, they didn't realize that what was really going on is that they were going to glorify him, glorify him. But he had to go to the cross. He had to be willing to die. And through his death, God was glorified. Through his death, he was lifted up. And the Lord goes on and says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But Jesus demonstrates to us by his life the meaning of this metaphor. If a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it produces ministry. Jesus' death produced abundant fruit. His death produced many seeds. You know, even from just a worldly perspective, more books have been written about Jesus than any other person in history because of the life he lived. Nations have used his words as the bedrock for their governments, and I wish our government would do so even more. His Sermon on the Mount established a new paradigm in ethics and morals. In all those great quotes in the Sermon of the Mount, and we use them over and over and over again, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a wealth of topics for Bible talks right there. Schools, hospitals, and humanitarian works have been founded in His name, in Jesus' name. Over 100 great universities, including Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Dartmouth, Columbia, and Oxford, and even Fordham were begun by his followers. The elevated role of women in Western culture traces back to the roots of Jesus because of how Jesus treated women as opposed to how the, the leaders of his day treated women. Jesus of Nazareth has been the most dominant figure in the history of the wealth of Western culture for almost 20 centuries. It is from his birth that most of the human race dates its calendars and it's by his name that millions curse and in his name that millions pray. We are the millions that pray. Amen. Here's Napoleon's quote about Jesus. He says, I know men and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. Between him and every person in the world, there is no possible term of comparison. Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne have founded empires. But on what did we rest the creations of our genius? Upon force, Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love. And at this hour, millions of men and women would die for him. It's because he was willing to be that kernel of wheat that was willing to die to become many seeds for the glory of God. You see, out of death comes life. How do you keep this drive alive? You've got to keep dying. I'm telling you, if you'll make a decision 
to die to your sinful nature, to die to your will, to surrender totally to God, God can, by His Spirit, explode His blessings in your life. He can multiply your impact. He can use you in an amazing way. But the struggle is to die. We don't like it. Because it's hard. And as much as we want to thrive, our nature is to go right back to where we were before. That's what we do. It's hard to make permanent change in life. But it can be done by the power of God. It can be done. Here's more about Jesus. Isaiah 53. Now you've got to understand, Jesus' vision for us is that we would die daily to God's glory. And that we would allow God to work in our lives, inspired by His death. Isaiah 53, verse 10 says, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush Him and to cause Him to suffer. And though the Lord makes His life a guilt offering, He will see His offspring. Some translations say, He will see the fruit of the travail of the suffering. He will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and will bear their iniquity. See, Jesus believed that in his death, that we would be inspired to live lives of self-surrender and justice, just to self and life to God. That, that was his vision. That when he went to that cross, he had his eyes on you. His vision was for you. And, he, and, and what kept him up there was his belief that you would understand that through his death, through his suffering, that your life would change. And that every morning you would get up and that this death, this surrender, this, in, this incomparable love would inspire you to live for God each and every day. And that it wouldn't take an accountability partner. It wouldn't take another person. But it would just be your love for, for Jesus and your understanding of what He's done for you that would inspire you to die to yourself. Because nobody can be around you 24 hours a day. But the Lord is with you always. Are you inspired? You've got to go back to His death. You've got to go back to the cross. To keep driving, you must keep dying. And as I said before, God is painful. So it means that you're giving up control. And you're letting go. And it hurts. Gratifying the sinful nature is pleasurable. Being selfish, why are we selfish? Because it gratifies us. And selflessness is tough sometimes. But that's where the victory is. And all those classes that you heard, and all those, the messages that you, you, you were affected by, moved by, ask yourself, what do I need to surrender? What do I need to die to in my character, in my heart, in my life, to put this in the Do I want to keep on driving? 2 Corinthians 5. 
The Bible says in verse 14, For Christ loves himself. Because we're convinced that one died for all, and therefore all did what? All died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. Died for them and was raised again. You see, it's his love that compels that motivates that leaves us no choice. But he died so that we would die. He died because he wanted us to understand that the real victory was in saying no to our sinfulness. Saying no to those things that do not give glory to God. That really take us away from God. And so, and, you know, back to John 12, Jesus says, in verse 25, says, The man who loves his life will lose. You know, sometimes the Bible says things and you're going, what? While the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And Jesus is not just talking about, you know, emotionally hating yourself, but he, he's talking about hating those things that keep you from being yourself. And, and really, in, in order to have life, we have to be willing to give up our lives. It, it, it's a paradox. It's, it's like something that is hard for us to understand sometimes. But if you lose your life, if you die to yourself, if you crucify yourself, that is where the glory is. That's where. That's how you keep your drive alive. And 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 so you got to ask yourself: If I'm not driving. Well, it's in the way. It's probably something that you don't want to die to. You see, it's not enough just to come to church. It's not enough just to be around the fellowship. Judas was around Jesus every day. He saw the miracles. He saw Jesus feed the 5,000 and 4,000. He even was there when Jesus walked on the water. He saw Peter walk on the water. Both of them get out, saw Peter get out of the boat, walk on the water. He, he saw all these things day after day after day. How in the world could he turn his back on the Lord? Because there were things in his heart that he would not die to. You see, Jesus allowed him to be the keeper of the money bag. Probably in some deep group, he asked, who would like to keep the money? And everybody's looking around. I, I would. I'll take it. He should not have done it. Because it was in his nature to be greedy. And so when you know something's your nature, you stay away from it. Right? If it's, if, you're, if, it's, if it's your nature to be self-indulgent, don't go to Dunkin' Donuts. Just don't go. Walk on the other side of the street. If it's your nature to be flirtatious on the job, then, then don't talk to that person. Just, just go the other way. If, if it's your nature to be easily angered, then don't get in disputes with people. Just don't do it. If they cut you off on the road, you just pray. You don't take out a gun and shoot them. You just pray. And so, but he didn't deal with his nature. And so he got the money back. And the Bible says he used to help himself to some of what was in the money back. Do you think the Lord knew that? 
But what's the message? You can be around the church. You can be around Jesus. You can be close by and still not be impacted by Jesus for your own personal life. And I pray, God, we don't have any Judases in the room this morning. Just because you come to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you're on the New York City Church of Christ Roll, Bronx region, doesn't mean you're going to heaven. You've got to make sure that you're dying to your sinful nature. And we don't know who you are this morning. The real person that you are is the one we do not see. The person that you are when you leave this place today. That's the real you. And that's the one you will be judged by. And so we've got to make sure that we're dying to self, crucifying that sinful nature. I say this because it's hard for me. You know, I think about what trips me up. Selfishness. I know none of you struggle with this, but I'm just, I'm just trying to be transparent and open here. And Cynthia gets on me about it because my first tendency when I'm asked to do things is no. Can you? No. Would you? No. Would you like to? No. It's wrong. And i got to deal with my own sinful nature. And I know I'm the only one in the room that deals with this, but I just thought, I, I, I just... And if and if you if you can relate to me at all, just pray for me. Say you know, say Amen. Help, Lord, help, help, help the brother. And and it's just what it's, it's a part of that nature. Whereas God is different. All His promises are yes. God is always looking to say yes. Some of us were already always saying no. Can you serve? No. Can you can you help? No. Well, well, why not them? Why them? Why me instead of them? It's just not right. And so in Colossians chapter 3, I want to share this scripture with you because this is very practical. You, and, and you know this one. It says, put to death, therefore, whatever. Because you saying, my sin's not in this list. Whatever belongs to your earthly nature. See, sometimes we want to put to death some of what belongs to our earthly nature, but not whatever. And he starts off with sexual immorality. We don't even have to go there, but in case you didn't know it, you cannot be sleeping with somebody that you're not married to and call yourself a Christian. Now, I know the religious world has tried to change that, but I'm here to tell you, it has not changed. It is still the same. And if you go before God on the day of judgment, unrepentant, you're not going to heaven. It doesn't work like that. God has not changed His standard, and I'm glad He hasn't. Because this has created more hurt and turmoil in our world than anything else. Impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, gossiping about people. Filthy language from you. I know we've dealt with that, right? Yeah. Do not lie to each other. Since you've taken off your old self with this, your, your old self with this practices and have put on what, church? 
a new self. Because the old man, he did what? He died. That's how you keep thriving. You see, you don't just do this one time. I got baptized, and I put to death sexual immorality, impurity, lust, impurity. I mean, I, be, I, mean, I put to death. It's done. It don't work that way. See, because once you die, you got to keep on dying. Because the old self, it keeps wanting to be resurrected. And the way you keep trying, thriving is you have to keep on dying. You have to keep on dying. It's like you have an argument with a relative or your wife. Probably never happens with your wife, but I'll just throw it in there too. Or, or a good friend, and you apologize. And do you say, this is my apology once for all time. I just want you to know, if you ever have another fight, I'm going back to the original apology. I was sorry now. I'm already sorry for then. So that's it. It doesn't work like that. You have to keep on. You have to keep on saying what? And you have to keep on repenting. And see, that's sometimes that's what we don't get as Christians. And so Satan sneaks in and he, he knocks us down because we think that we're holy. We don't realize that we still got to die to our sinful nature. We've got to resist it and fight it and go for it every day. Because if you don't, Satan will kill your tribe. And the moment you get comfortable, he'll sneak right in the back door and take you out. So I have to put to death my selfishness and I have to catch myself. Sam, would you help me with this? Yes! I'd love to! <laughs> sure! Why not? I'm not doing anything! Sure! Anything else you'd like? I have to work on it. Every time there's a need in the church, is an opportunity for you to die. Every time a family member needs assistance, is an opportunity for you to die. Every time you're asked to help out around the house, is an opportunity for you to die. Every time there's a need for reconciliation through conflict, is an opportunity for you to die. Every time you're asked to do something new, to step outside your comfort zone, is an opportunity to die. Every act, every insult that you overcome, every act of unfairness, every attack, every neglect, is an opportunity for you to die, for you to say no to self and yes to Jesus. I'm a dead man to God's glory. You're not going to take my drive away because I'm going to keep on dying to myself so that Jesus can be lifted up. The reason that people do not become Christians, they don't want to die. They don't want to die to that relationship that they know they should not be involved in. They, want to, they don't want to die to their schedule and take on God's schedule. For one day, you want to wish you had died. Because whether you realize it or not, we see it. You are in a burning house. We smell the smoke. We see the fire. And you're sitting in there thinking everything's all right. And I got news for you. You better get out of that house and get in the Lord's house. You gotta be willing to die. You know, Matt Weber put it this way. He says we have to pull up the weeds. 
in your life. And we've all got weeds. And we've got to replace, replace the weeds with the right seeds. Seeds of faith. Seeds of love. Seeds of compassion. And godliness and humility. That's what we've got to do. You know, I, uh, yesterday was an interesting day for me. I witnessed two families. One of them uh, I was a part of, and it was a man who served as a fireman, a Navy officer, and he was honored with caps, with a special, special presentation of the flag to, to his family, fire truck escorts, bagpipes, marching down the street, many words of praise and acclamation in our service that went maybe an hour and 45 minutes. I was supposed to give a message, a word of encouragement, and I think I had about five minutes. After all that was said and done, it took about five minutes. There were dignitaries in the first three rows. I knew none of these people, but uh, from what they told us, these were special individuals. It was in it was and then Cynthia and I came home and we went online to see Gloria Baird. Now, if you don't know Gloria Baird, uh, Gloria Baird is really, you know, when you hear the story of our fellowship of the 26 would-be disciples, well, she was in that room. And she and her husband, uh, Al, has been really the model elder couple in our friendship for many years, uh, having influenced people internationally. An incredible woman. I, one of the best Christians I've ever known. Amazing individual. And so there was her memorial. There were no bad types. There was no fire truck escort, no flag ceremony. Just the word of multitudes of people moved by a woman who decided to die for her sinfulness and give her to In both of these situations, the, the families have children who are amazing. At one funeral, song was sung, I did it my way. And glorious funeral, the song was, bless the Lord, oh my soul, worship his holy name. It made me think of, of uh, and of course all judgments in God's hands, but it made me think of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, where Paul says, do, do you not know that in a race all the runners run? The only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Why do we do what we do? Why, why, why do we die to self? It's not for the praise of the world. 
Man, I, I, I was impressed by that great ceremony, but I was more impressed by a woman who decided to surrender all for God. Who decided to run that race. And he goes on, he says, Therefore I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave. So that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. There's so many great areas of discipline. And to be, to do what this individual did, to be a Navy officer, to be a fireman, that took some type of discipline. But to be a Christian takes a whole new type of discipline. The surrender of myself to God. And yes, you can be praised for what you're accomplishing in the world, but there's no praise like the praise you will see if you're a Christian and you stand before God and He says, Well done, good and faithful servant. I know you weren't perfect. I know you struggled. I know there were dark days. I know there were times when you felt like giving up, but you decided, I will surrender all. I will deny myself. I will say no one more time. Time for the glory of Jesus. That is the prize. It's worth it, church. It's worth it. But you gotta keep your pride. Today, you will be facing some challenges. And the challenge will be: Will I die or will I give up? You can try. Let me give you some practical things to work on. Keep the drive alive. Pray daily. Stay connected to the power source. God is the power source. Cry out to Him. Man, life is short. Praise. Praise God every day. You know, praise the Lord to hold my soul. The word, meditate on the perfect law of God. The perfect law of God. It divides the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect. It the soul. The statutes of the Lord. Trustworthy. Giving joy. Making lines of simple. The precepts of the Lord. Giving joy to the The command of the Lord. The rain of giving to the eye. The ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They're more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them your servant is born. In keeping them, there is great reward. Hold on to the Lord. Some of you struggle with reading your Bible every day. You can't keep your Bible alive if you're not in the perfect law of God that revives the soul. The word will speak to you. Fellowship. Initiate, initiate with others. Don't be a solo Christian. Christianity is a one another religion. You need other people. You thrive better when you're walking with people who are striving to thrive themselves. They can help you. They can motivate you. From law, reach out and share the good news with someone. How do you keep your faith? By giving it away. And yes, we're going to get rejected sometimes when people are going to say no, but you keep on sharing, you keep on striving. And sometimes Satan tries to take you to a place where you think nobody else is open. 
But I can tell you right now, people are being baptized in every region throughout this church. Because the word of the Lord is powerful. It does not return to us. We just have to plant the seed. And that keeps us God alive. And finally, count your blessings. So the family, my life is hard. Oh, shut up. If you are saved, you are blessed and more people. If you're a Christian, you need to count. You've got to praise God. You don't deserve to be saved. You don't deserve to be here today. You don't deserve to be a Christian. God reached out and touched your life. He used some other sinner like you to bring you here. Praise God. Man, I can't even keep up with the number of blessings that God has bestowed on me. I have nothing to complain about. Count your blessings. Count them. Praise God how good he's been to you every single day. Say it out loud. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. And this is how to do these things. You keep your drive alive. Now tomorrow morning, you may wake up and everything in your sinful nature is going to say, no. Don't do it. But you know what? You know who's in control? You are. Your hands don't control you. You say left hand move right. What does it do? You say feet, get up, let's go. You say eyes open. You're in control. And then you've got the Lord in there helping you. Die to yourself. Remember what we talked about in the very beginning. Tell you the truth. Unless the curve of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only single seed. No, this is not the time to remain single. A single seed of this. But the time to die so you can produce many more seeds. God bless you.